0: Good morning, Judith. Good morning, Sonia. Welcome to the Coach's Cup podcast. And good morning, Cynthia. Good morning, Sonia.
1: Good morning, Judith.
2: Hey, good morning, Cynthia. Y'all, we have a special guest with us today, Cynthia Dills. Um, I wanted to give her a brief introduction and how she came to be on our Coach's Cup podcast. I've known Cynthia since about probably 2018. Cynthia, would you agree? Yeah, about 2018, yes. I think we were in a Marco Polo group. I was trying to remember, but maybe for the Don't Stop Believing race, we were yes. somehow paired together. And so that's how long I've known Cynthia. And this will be my fourth, maybe DSB race coming up. And so as many of our listeners know, this past year, um, I have not been running due to a physical injury, a limitation, whatever you want to call it and physical therapy that I've been having. So I wanted to take up running again. I wanted to get back in the saddle and I reached out to Cynthia personally and asked her because I knew, uh, I did not know that she was a coach, but I did know that she runs everywhere. Every time I flip on my there's <laughs> Cynthia lifting some weights or kicking ass in some Taekwondo or at some Disney race or somewhere. And right now y'all may not be able to, well, unless you're on the YouTube, Cynthia has a beautiful background where she ran a Ragnar in Washington. So all this to say, I reached out to Cynthia and I was like, I need help with the math. I've got a half marathon coming up in five weeks. Can you help me? And she designed me a beautiful plan. She asked me to go run and do some things. And we just thought it was really timely to ask Cynthia, invite her to come talk with us and share her story. And let's just have a dialogue today about, being in our fifties and and exercise
0: (laughs) (laughs) and finding ourselves. That's the, that's my favorite part of it. Yes.
2: Yeah. So Cynthia, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, ma'am.
1: All right. Well, thank you again, Sonia and Judith for having me. I'm Cynthia Dills. Um, I'm a 52 year old, amazing person who has found herself. Um, I am an RRCA certified run coach. Um, I'm a third degree black belt uh, who is preparing for the opportunity to test for my fourth degree black belt this summer and um, mother to three amazing adult children, which in and of itself is um, it's a great field to be a mentor in. One of you all said it on your last podcast, you called yourself a mentor now that your children were adults. You were no longer a parent. So props to you on that. So thank you. And um, and the way I pay my bills is I'm a teacher of the visually impaired and where I live here in Florida.
2: Awesome. Awesome. So in the finding yourself after dot, 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 Yes, Yeah. (laughs) you um, mentioned about society, and I just wanted to open up that, your thoughts on that.
1: Yes, women, for as long as time can be, we can look at the great artists, we can look at writings on the pyramids. Society has always defined beauty for women and what the quote ideal woman is. And the truth is ideal, normal, whatever, that that's, that's not everybody's reality. I mean, looking for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, when you look at these, the three of us on the screen, we are each beautiful individuals in our own right. And, you know, sometimes, you know, current day is, is, oh, you're tall, you're thin, you adjust this. You want to look this great. This is what you need to do. You need to have like a 900 calorie a day diet. You got to work out 60,000 hours a week. Oh, but you're also a businesswoman. Okay. You should be putting in 900 hours a week at work, have a highly effective rating at whatever the job is. Oh, wait, you're a mother. You should be breastfeeding if your infants are small and you should be making your own food and, 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 (laughs) and the, the list goes on and it, and it boils down to should. Mm-hmm. Uh, in no it gets talked about that should we should on ourselves so much you and, Remember that
0: Anjali commercial from the 80s yes <laughs> I, I love yes. to bring that up I, I show that to students sometimes because that is that's the
1: ideal we only have that's, to be everything and we ju- just everything What? What? Like it's hard to quote El Woods, but yes, it's hard, and we burn ourselves out in the process, and we lose who we want to be in striving to fail. Well, if I, if I, if I, as a mom, I breastfeed and I make my organic foods. It's going to make my children smarter. They're going to come out of the womb being accepted to Harvard. So I have to do all these things because if they don't get into Harvard, I failed. Uh, you know, um, as an educator, like I said, I'm in the education world. If I don't do A, B, and C just right, exactly, I'm not going to be highly effective. I'm not going to be kept on because of the state I live in. We don't do tenure anymore. So, oh, my gosh, I have to do all this. And I have to have all the perfect notes. Sonia, you're nodding. You get this. As an educator, we have to do all these things. And then in walks Johnny. And in my field, like I said, I teach students who are low vision. Who are losing their vision, who are already blind, who suddenly went blind, John can walk in and have a bad day. And all of a sudden, what do you do? The plan goes out the window and then you panic because it's, it's not part of the plan. It's not part of who I am as an effective educator. Um, as a, as a spouse, you know, you work outside the home. Great. But you should also keep the, the home you know, Donna Reed clean. I should be wearing a petticoat, you know, a petticoat and a beautiful and have my hair coiffed just right. And wearing heels and vacuuming and smiling after I have just fought for a kid's rights in a legal meeting during the workday. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. Mm. And we, and we burn out. Mm. And at some point, and I, and I said this in the prenotes, so here it is, you have to call an audible. Yeah, What's really. That- <laughs> So an audible is where you, you kind of stop. It's that jarring moment in your life. And it says, Hey, who am I? Yes. I, I introduced it myself, but when I introduced myself at the very beginning of this podcast, if you go back in the video on YouTube, you go back to the beginning on the podcast itself. You hear me. I'm a 50 year old, 52 year old woman who I identified who I was. I'm proud of my age. and, it, and, finding myself took a couple of years about the time you and I met, Judith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now it's is—it's the most liberating thing, finding yourself, because it lets go of the shackles of should. It lets go of all the preconceived notions. I don't have to be Kardashian thin or Michelangelo curvy. I don't have to dye my hair uh, unless I want to. And my favorite color is purple. Uh, Right now it's not um, because I I change my hair color all the time. Judith, you see it. It's been various shades of purple. Some, some little bits all over right now because I'm outside more, I'm not dying it as much, but it's just learning to find who yourself is, embracing who that person is Mm -hmm. and loving yourself through that process. It's it's the things we talk about in No no BS. It's the things that Jill Angie talks about in her podcast, Not Your Average Runner. It's accepting who you are Mm -hmm. at the stage of life you're in Mm -hmm. and moving forward to finding that future self who is more often than not your authentic self, who you wanted to be when you were a little girl.
0: Do you think it's easier for us because we are all 50 and over? Do you think it's easier at this stage of life to say, uh, it's time for me, or, you know, I I wonder, I wish I could give that gift to myself in my 30s. (laughs) And, and I don't know, is that just, you know, can, can 30 year olds do that? Can, when they're in the midst of kids and they're in the midst of building careers, or is it where we are in life that makes it easier for us to find ourselves at this age?
1: C, both A and B. Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
0: good answer. Um, <laughs> I
1: was like, "Well, mm, I know." See, the educator, I'm pre-gaming in my head. <laughs> um, but the the reality is, the Gen X that we are, we're all part of that generation. We are that generation where um, I joke, but. In reality is I look at my social circle, my tight knit group of friends I grew up with that still, you know, they they're the ones that get to call me the name I got called when I was little and I my head will swivel in a crowd because I know it's somebody who's known me since Mm -hmm. use the phrase I was knee high to a grasshopper. But we have now empowered our children, they have seen our struggles they've watched us go from and from juggling careers and trying juggling um, in my personal case, my children watched me struggle with some depression. They watched me, uh, my spouse is a retired, um, military member. They watched me have to figure out being, you know, nowhere near family, um, being pregnant, uh, deployments, not knowing what's going on in the world. Um, they've heard the stories of me saying in my group of friends, I'm the only one whose mom was still a stay at home mom. Hmm. My uh, Like I said, I'm 52. Most of my friends, their moms started working outside the home when they were young. Mm -hmm. Hence the latchkey kids. We're the generation that kind of learned to suck it up and just get it done. But we've now empowered our children and some of us that have grandchildren. We have empowered our offspring and our, our, our future to do what's best for them. And you're seeing that in the younger generations, you know, Gen Y, Gen Alpha, Gen Z, millennials are like, they're the ones that they're, they've looked at us and gone, yeah, no, yeah, no, I can't do all that. Wait, wait, that's way too much. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think we learn from them mm-hmm. because they're the ones saying, no, you can't do all that. Just as much as we're going, don't do what I did because this is what's going to happen. So I think it's a balance act. Yeah it doesn't have to be, Oh, we're the, we're the elders. We know what's best. Sometimes I learn from my 23 year old son and I'm like blown away. Like, wow. And it's not just tech. I learned from
0: him. It's, it's other, him. it's just
1: not tech. It's other profound things. So I, I think there's a good balance. Um, yes, we have more life experience, but from our life experience, the younger, uh, younger generations, um, uh, Just go, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Hey, you should not do that as well. And so sometimes I think we can take a page or two from them. Mm
2: -hmm. Good answer. I was all in the yes, I think it is easier. (laughs) 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 Yeah, because like the shit tolerance is, it's been met. And I'm like, I've done my duty. Duty.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about me now. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And, And I think we did, I think we did a disservice to ourselves as we were our younger selves in trying to be all to everybody Mm -hmm. and fitting in that non-existent should box that everybody else says.
0: Yeah. And, and I think to be fair, sometimes maybe this is just me. I have caught myself telling my students or my own kids, don't you don't have to do that. You don't have to try to be all those things. But mm-hmm. in my brain, my expectation is still they should do it. And mm-hmm. and sometimes I have to stop myself and say, "Whoa, wait just a minute. It's not it's not right to put all of that on them. They do get to choose if they want to tap out and not follow that path. Because
1: mm-hmm. I'm the one who's been preaching. You don't have to follow it, right? Exactly. I've done it with my own personal children and I say personal children, because as an educator, I talk about my kids and I have to clarify, there's my kids and there's my personal children. But will you, my son, for example, he's the the youngest of my three children and the expectation he saw his sisters do all these amazing things. His oldest sister, she went away to college. She went eight hours away to school Uh, in high school. She was this, she was that um the my middle child she's on her high school's hall of fame which is voted on by teachers not by other students she was number 11 in her class she had all these college credits she went to a military institution yada 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 my son walks into high school and everybody goes oh Mm -hmm. you're so and so and so and so's little brother yeah he went to trade school and it was you know and that and i'm as an educator i appreciate that i That's a whole nother podcast on why trade school is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But there was a swing with our generation. Oh, everybody goes to college. And now the pendulum has swung back. Mm -hmm. And at first I was, as a mom, I was disappointed. But yet the words coming out of my mouth were, you have to do what makes you happy. But there was that should voice in the back of my head going, your daughters went to college. Why isn't he going to college? He's probably the smartest of the three because he didn't open a book and he graduated without ever opening a book like in the top 10% of his class, blah, blah. The words coming out of my mouth though were, oh, absolutely. You've yeah. got to do what makes you happy. So I was telling him the things even my own personal self wasn't following at the time. Yeah. And it, t- it took me a few more years to get there. And then I found running <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't looked back.
2: And how old were you when you found running?
1: Let's see, 27. Well, I, I ran a race in 2013. I swore I'd never do it again. It was a 5 k. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and then I did another one, another 5K. And these were both for like scholarships for the child who went off to the military school in South Carolina. I, I did them because I was like, oh, she's, she runs them. She did an essay. She, she participates. She gets a little money and three children, military spouses. Yeah. yeah. We needed money because we wanted to keep all those you know, and both races. Oh, this, this sucks. Ugh, I'm never going to do it. How does my dad do this? Oh my gosh. Then my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, 2016. So it's been almost six years now. And in 2016 with, uh, the gumption of signing up for a half marathon because you know what? My taekwondo instructor said it'd be a good way to get in shape. And oh, said daughter at the military college is now getting married in a year. I'm going to run. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be how I lose my weight. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> and, and I swore again, I was like, ooh, half. And it wasn't just a 5K that time, it was a half marathon. Hmm. I had about eight months sound familiar, Judith? <laughs> and, and I ran it. I lost 70 pounds in like almost a year. And then I was done. I was like, oh yeah. Oh, and I, by the way, I did a triathlon the week before my daughter got married. That was actually the big, big training point. And then I was like, great, I did it. Now I'm, I'm thin. I've lost 75 pounds. Yeah. That lasted all of about three months. And because I hadn't done the thought work. I didn't have that part, and I was listening to Corinne at the time, and I, I didn't join in September of 18, but I met Corinne in November. She went uh, to speak at a um, another group's um, uh, convention event that I was running with, um, a big running community, and I remember meeting her. I have the picture. I can't wait to see her again this summer because when I met her, I was there to run the Rock and Roll Half Marathon in Vegas. Judith, starting to sound wow. really familiar, isn't it? <laughs> yes,
2: Corinne got me running this half
1: in Nashville. Thank you, Corinne. We love you. Uh, <laughs> but I met her. She asked what I was doing. And at that point, I was finally running. 2018, I was finally running. And I was like, oh, I'm running the half. And I'm running a half a week every week for the next five weeks to kind of end my year. I really, oh, this half marathon thing. Yeah. She goes, well, if you don't like running, why do you do it? And she stopped talking the, like the, like the badass coach she is. And just let me fall all over myself and going, oh, well, crap. Hmm. And I was like, I'm joining and, and the rest really my running has it's been long i've run over 125 races i've done uh, a dopey okay, challenge
2: <laughs> you slow down
0: here
1: yeah i want to know the transition when did your brain catch up with when, your running? when did my brain catch up with my running um yeah. when corinne called me out on it quite honestly that was the light bulb moment if you don't like doing it mm-hmm. why do you keep doing it mm-hmm. that was the aha mm-hmm. that Little phrase. If you don't like it, why do you keep doing it? So, I want to say it was probably her precursor to shooting on yourself.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So how did and, you answer
0: that question?
1: Yeah. yeah. How did I answer that question? It was a big po- Literally, jaw probably hit the floor. She was grinning. I'm sure she was. That grin. That. Like, hmm. I want to hear your answer. Mm-hmm. Just waiting, and I said, "Oh, I hadn't thought about it that way." And she said, you should. So that night I ran the 5k because of course, uh, uh, let me preface with also, I'm very much a type A. I either go all in on things or I don't, which is also very dangerous. And I've learned to reel that in because I can only go all in on so many things. But I ran the 5k that night. Um, for those who don't know, the rock and roll Vegas runs, they do like a 5k and a 10k. They do a half. They do a full. The 5k is usually the night before. And in Vegas, they're run, on, they're run at night because the beauty of it is, is running down the strip. Yeah. For me, if I'm going to Vegas and I'm running, I want to run and see all the pretty lights. So sure, we'll run at night. But I thought about it on that run. And I said to myself, self, mm-hmm. um, why are you really doing this? What do you want to do? I can't, And I thought about it. And as I was running the half and I had, I ended up having to walk part of the half because I just wasn't trained enough, but I had had enough training inside me from the group I was running with to know that it was okay to walk and do all these things. And it really hit me on the half. If I'm going to do this, I have to find the love in it. I can't do this to honor my dad. My dad was a runner and part of me was running to prove that point that I could do what my dad did. Mm. Um, part of it was, is still the ingrained runners can lose weight, which I have since learned is not, it, it, it is, but it isn't true. It yeah. all really depends on the distance you're training and because the more distance you train, the more you're pounding the more, you know, there's all that science behind it. But I decided then that I was going to give it a good go. I was going to truly try each distance to see what I liked. If I liked it at all, I couldn't say, oh, I hate marathons. And I've never run a marathon. It's kind of silly to say you don't like something um, that you've never tried, unless like you're allergic to it. In like my eldest daughter's case, she despises shellfish. Well, there's a very good reason it can kill her. But for me, running wasn't like, I I hadn't tried it. And here I was like, oh, saying I didn't like doing this and I didn't like doing that, but here I am doing it. I had to get rid of the negative out of it. And ta- take that negative out of the situation and look at it clearly and say, hey, do I like what I'm doing? Have I given it my best effort? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've given it my best effort. I either like it or I don't like it. If I don't like it, it's okay to let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's so profound. And it, you can take that in anything. I've switched careers. My original education is not in the field I work in. And then and I tell my students, kind of cycling back to the, you know, you can be anything you want. When they talk about what they want to be and they grow up, they're like, oh, well, my dad does this and I, my dad does that and I don't know what you want. And I tell them, quite honestly, that's great. There are days I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And they look and at that- me kind <laughs> of funny, <laughs> but it's <laughs> very true. Um, but I love what I do now because I actually tried it. And that feeling of finding myself after. After my dad's passed away, he's never going to see any of these achievements in person. Um, The first year I ran and truly threw in it, I wore his running hat. Now I wear it on special occasions on certain runs, certain milestone runs. I will wear it in in his honor. But it's my running now. Taekwondo, I started because my son was doing it. I do it now because it's my sport. It's not I'm doing it because my son does it. I gave it a valid attempt my career. I got rid of the career I trained for because I just didn't like it, which a lot of us go through. I stumbled into the career I'm in and I am passionate about it. And I I just truly believe that when you find what that is, you give whatever it is in your life, whether it's coaching, whether it's teaching, whether it's being a lawyer, whether it's being a mom, whether it's Whatever, a runner, an athlete, whatever it is, if you're going to try something, you have to give it your best shot. Mm -hmm. And then it's okay to say no. Same as the clean plate club. I don't do that anymore. Getting rid of that, I have to, you should, Mm -hmm. is so powerful. And it does. It gets us, it kind of happens to us about the stereotypical midlife crisis, Mm -hmm. You finally say, I'm done with this crap. I am not doing this anymore. Or you go, Oh, yeah, no, I want that. Game on. I go all in because that's what I want. And you you don't worry
0: about other people's expectations.
1: No, that gets to go out the window. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's so liberating. It's so freeing. Um, Whether I come home from Taekwondo, I've I've had my ass handed to me by somebody else sparring Uh, and I come home with a grin on my face and you know my son's like how'd you do and I'm like oh I actually scored a point on we'll say Susie to protect her Um, because she would be totally embarrassed if I used her real name right now but Susie kicked my ass it was great and he'll go what'd you learn I'm like oh well I learned this and I'm grinning. I come home exhausted from a race. I'm sitting in, in, the, in the driveway and I'm texting my son, hey, I need help out of the car. He comes out. <laughs> that's what those kids are handy for. That's, what, that's really why. He, yeah. we, he stays home under the guise of the economy is ridiculous and he's in construction and going back to school. But the real reason is mom needs help out of the car sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> works. But and he's like, are you going to do it again? I'm like, give me a big three hour nap and some time in my compression pants. And we'll discuss sure I, enough about Yeah. You saw I, my compression I, I, pants.
2: Sure, yeah. I was scrolling. I was like, what is that
1: <laughs> Compra- compression pants are life, man. Best, best investment in my athletic career. But very seriously, the things I do, I go all in on. I now I've had to find a balance recently. Um, I'm not running currently as much because training for my fourth degree black belt is a huge goal right now. Um, But up to this point, yeah, over 125 races this year, I will have over seven marathons under my belt. I'm still trying to find the love or the true disdain for the marathon. That's why I keep doing it because I have not Truly, truly 400% gone all in. So in July, I'm gearing up for the Chicago marathon in October. And this is, this is going to be the marathon that outside of a Disney marathon, because I will always do a Disney marathon. um, If I do other marathons, it will truly be, this is it. This is the plan. But right now I'm currently focusing on the work I need to do to be eligible to test for my fourth degree, because I want it a little more right now. Hmm, nice. And it's okay. It's okay to shift those balances as a, as, as a human being. You
2: know, that's interesting yesterday, Sonia and I podcasted on finding balance, right? So this is going right. right into place. Perfect. When, uh, yeah. Isn't it
1: amazing how that works?
2: Yeah. yeah and when you were touching on your reasoning, I was thinking about my running experience and, you know, what I'm looking for. And the bottom line for me, when I think about any, about exercise in general, It's about finding that rhythm, that Mm -hmm. peace, that meditative place where my mind and body are connecting, where I I feel like I can go out and solve world peace when I am in motion. And I do believe that it helps with, with healing grief and processing through emotions because we have that, you know, grief needs motion to process and the physical extras, whether it be walking, whether it be running or lifting weights, whatever it is, it helps us move forward. And I just want to touch on that for people who might be considering movement yes. uh, and, you know, for the reasons to do it. And there can be many.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Um, I jokingly and lovingly refer to Taekwondo as impact therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can be v- you know, very hot headed. I own it. Um, The the proverbial, when you're right, you're right. And when you're wrong, nope, sorry, guess again. And I come by that honestly. Um, You're like your father. You're just like your father. Thank you. Um, But you know, hitting people at work is frowned upon (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) So I go to Taekwondo and my instructor says, hey, we're sparring today. Mm -hmm. It is such a release to get those frustrations. And not that I've ever wanted to hit a colleague. Let me clarify for my colleagues who are going to be like, who, which one of us do you want to hit? None of them ever have I wanted. But the, those just those work frustrations, we all have them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whatever you do, walking, oh my gosh, the impact walking just has. Getting out, just movement. going without movement. tech, movement is beautiful for the mind, for the body, and for the soul.
0: Yep, agreed. So how do you suggest for our listeners who are still in the thick of the shoulds, they still are are trying, they want to get out of it, but they have so many shoulds that they're following. How do they get to that point of release?
1: journaling is always a good thing. I will admit I was a little slow on the journaling uptake because I always thought of it as dear diary today. I, and I know that's been talked about on other podcasts and in, you know, in both running world and the health world that I, that I am in, but just writing, writing it down, getting it out of your brain, um, getting an accountability partner mm. and it, it, it can be anybody. I like just, i I love that, Judith, you reached out to me. I was like, oh, Judith is texting me. And because you knew in that moment, you're like, oh, I've got this. I should I feel horrible. Yeah, the, the, all those interactions that we went through, you were able to get some of that out of you.
2: Oh, I didn't. I did Honestly, just for the record, I was like, help, <laughs> Cynthia. <laughs> right?
0: I mean, exactly. you to ask for it.
1: <laughs> right. There's yes. no
0: weakness in asking no. for help.
1: Asking, and and that goes back to some of those, those shoulds is that we're predispositioned as females, as we should know the answer to everything. And we don't men, same thing. And men are even less susceptible to asking for help because they really shouldn't ask for help. But asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's Mm -hmm. a sign of understanding. You can't do whatever it is. And you need to find guidance, whether it's, whether it's your emotional, your physical, your spiritual, there is nothing wrong with asking for help. That's, that, that's like that first acceptance, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, support groups, um, I've admitted I'm powerless over fill in the blank. Mm. And then my life has become unmanageable. It doesn't even have to be to that extent. It's, I want to run. I have seven weeks to get there. I know Cynthia runs. I'm reaching out to her. Um, it's me reaching out and getting coaching from you, Judith. And it's sitting in on, on a live call and listening to that. That accountability is there. And then hiring a coach, whether it's Sonia through your amazing coaching program, whether it's you, Judith, through No BS, whether it's me as a running coach, whether it's somebody as a trainer, it's whatever that need is, is find a coach. Coaches are out there. They exist. They're in everybody's price bracket. Mm -hmm. Um, I have some great friends who are coaches inside an OBS that are inside Run Your Best Life that are outside of those organizations. Sonia, you're one of them. We all have different coaches' levels, coaches' experiences, and we're just here to help. uh, Help you find what it is you need
2: yeah Cynthia you're just amazing I'm just
1: gonna call it
2: you yes. wow you need podcasts by the way <laughs> you can
0: talk. that is that
1: that that is that is downrange it is it actually yeah. is it's, it's on it's on my future self goals but yeah. that that's I have to be mindful and focus on knowing where I need to be right now in my own moment
0: yeah. right Finding
2: balance
1: balance <laughs> yes
0: yeah. wow all right. So if, if somebody is interested in finding out
1: about your running coaching,
0: tell them how they can do that.
1: All right. You can find me on Instagram as Cindy, C Y N D 70. So Cindy 70, that's my Insta handle. Uh, Facebook page is Run With Sin, C Y N. And my email is runwithsin at gmail.com nice all right and if you're
0: looking for coaching from either of us you can find me at soniagreencoaching.com
2: and you can find me through the Nobs website i'm coach judith
0: and if you want to follow me on instagram it's just judy j-u-d-i-e all right well cynthia thank you so much i thank it you is, it is awesome to hear somebody else's story and wow uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. Uh, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm just, I'm like, oh, I just I could talk. Shit, <laughs> I'm gonna have to rework some of my goals this afternoon. I think.
2: Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, you know I know how to find me <laughs> for my run. I've got my sports bra on. I'm me. like, there you go. I was gonna say, Judith,
1: I do believe you have a long run scheduled today, my friend.
2: <laughs> I wasn't thinking when we scheduled this because you know it's still. I've only been training a week.
1: That's okay. <laughs> It's a doable and flexible plan. That's oh the key. Gosh, listen, it's,
2: <laughs> it is so much different. I just want to say, as someone who you know, I was a runner and taking the twenty-month hiatus and then coming back, it is it is so much less pressure. It's so much more um, forgiving. And Cynthia and I had a short dialogue about muscle memory, and so I just want to encourage anyone who who's looking to get back in the saddle, consider the DSB race. Yeah. Had to lose it's who you're going to become along the journey I think we can all agree that that's that is our mission is to have our our best life and love what we're doing
1: absolutely absolutely well thank you again both of y'all for having me on I'm I'm grateful and thankful that the stars gods and universe all aligned and made this happen so thank you very much
0: oh thank our you. pleasure we hope to have you again sometime yeah. Well, you know how to find me. That's right. Especially you, Judith. <laughs> yeah, I got you some <laughs> more All right. Thanks. We'll see you next week.
2: Bye, y'all.